0: Hello, beautiful people. This is www.flashblackradio.com. I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett Third, and this is another installation or episode of the I Am series on Culture Shock on Flash Black Radio. Um, today is a special day. Uh, so the way this day started off, uh, or way this day came to be, um, I, I started doing improv a little while back. You might have picked that up if you've heard me on Usual Suspects with uh, Slim and I bouncing back and forth, or anybody on Usual Suspects. But I started doing improv back in 2017. And fast forward to 2020, right before COVID hit, there was this awesome thing that happened where a bunch of black improvisers from Baltimore, Maryland, and Virginia all got together and just tore the house down for a couple days straight. And out of that, we've got an opportunity to like do this whole thing where we get to keep in touch with each other, check in. And on one particular day, there was a check-in where I was the only one on the call except for one other person. And that is today's guest. Uh, Today's guest is Ms. Lori Pitts. Uh, She is a fellow improviser, but more than that, yo, she's got, yo, like, She was talking to me like, I don't know, like like we just started having conversation, waiting for people to come on. And then we just got into a genuine conversation. And uh, she has this initiative, this entity uh, called Voices Unbarred. And it's nothing short of dope. And I have a lot of questions. So I held those questions from a couple months ago until now. So (laughs) without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce the one, the only Ms. Lori Pitts.
1: Hello. Hey, Thanks hey, hey, how are you? I'm doing great.
0: Excited awesome. to be here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm glad to have you here. Um, yeah, like this is, this is, uh, I've been, I've been trying to get this lined up for a while and, and you know, life kept happening. So um, I'm glad that you're able to make it on the show. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in, if you don't mind. I'm, I'm just going to like, you Sounds know, good. I'm going to, I'm going to skip the, you know, like like the, the messing around, and just jump right in.
1: Yeah, it's improv right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why Voices Unbarred? Like, what what is your your connection? Like, how did this come about for you? First of all, explain what Voices Unbarred is for the listeners. And then can you just tell us, like, how this came to be for you?
1: Yeah. So Voices Unbarred, our main mission is to amplify the voices of those who are impacted by incarceration. So what that looks like is we go into prisons. And we also work with Returned Citizens and we use something called Theater of the Oppressed and we help them create performance pieces based on their real stories and things they wanna advocate for um, in regards to the prison system and their treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of how it came to be for me, it honestly just feels like a calling. Like it just like everything I did kind of led up to this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, not to be too long of a story, but I like first discovered Theater of the Oppressed in college and I discovered it while trying to avoid being a theater major because I was like, I I really want to help people. I don't know like how theater will do that, but I just keep being drawn to those classes. So then I found this Theater of the Oppressed class and it all clicked. Um, And so from then on, I kind of was like looking for ways to use theater as a tool to help people who might not otherwise have a way to um, create an impact in the world or a voice that is heard or however you want to phrase it. Um, So I worked a lot with like youth who were overlooked. Um, I love working with black youth, uh, youth who wouldn't have theater otherwise. And So I kind of like was in that world. Um, And then around 2015, I guess in the news, a lot of people were talking about incarceration and it just hit me as like, obviously so wrong. And my mind has always been like, all right, who, who is unheard the most? And so I guess it like lit up that part of my mind that I was like, oh, you know who society really forgets about? People who are incarcerated. And so I just started kind of like researching it, thinking about a curriculum um, that would be rehabilitative, uh, but also allow them to have agency for themselves, and that's how Voices in Bard was born. I reached out to prisons. Finally, one got back to me and followed through. Okay, so what, what, did,
0: what did that? What did that? What was that like? Like you just like you just started cold calling the prisons, like yo, like I just <laughs> wanna, I want to know like if you like theater, like I like theater, like how does how does. <laughs> like how does that work
1: pretty much i didn't know so i was like let me just email some prisons and so i just looked at the website i sent them i had like a proposal professional looking but yeah it's like told them about the program what i wanted to do i'm just asking like is this a thing and that's where i'm like i found a lot of prisons were open to it interested but didn't have the time to follow through or respond after that like initial email Mm -hmm. um so i had a lot of back and forth and what ultimately worked was i had a connection of a connection of a connection (laughs) to the prison that i didn't even know about um i was surprised by that connection but it just goes to show you should always be talking about your work
2: you never know we can help you out Mm -hmm.
1: um but yeah so they connected me to a chaplain at the bureau of prisons and they were like i have a prison that might be interested Mm -hmm. um so I finally got into my first prison, did the work. Uh, we had great feedback. That's a lot of our participants were like, I love this. Thank you so much for doing this. And so then I started building it, making it better from there.
0: So that's a wild, that's a wild statement. Like, yeah, finally got into my first prison. Like, yeah, and it just, <laughs> everything was great. Like, yeah, no, that this yeah. okay. So uh, I'm going to say some things possibly, potentially, maybe, probably, I don't know, not probably, but. Potenti- I might say some things that might sound on the surface problematic, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying that as a caveat for the listeners, not, not so much for you. We're just having a conversation. But so the first potentially problematic thing I'm going to say, hopefully like it will not come across as such. That's why I'm trying to like, you know, because I, I try not to be problematic and say problematic things, but um, you are very young looking. So and and like and I'm saying this and like this is not this is not this has nothing to do do with you. But on the surface, there there's this perception of like you know what the work looks like and all that stuff. You know like so like what like you know like one again kudos. Obviously that's why I wanted to bring you on. Kudos for doing doing the work that you do. Like what lit this fire in you? Because it's like it's like I don't I don't like you could very well be like. Early twenties, or you could be like forty, and just just have just great like genetics. I don't know, but like, <laughs> what lit this fire in you that got you? Because it's like, I, I'll be honest, like you know, like, like if, if there's an opportunity to do something, someone's like, "Yo, like this is what I'm thinking about," or whatever. Okay, like donate, you know, that type of thing, whatever. This is like, this is you said a calling, and it's one thing for people to have this like thing, like okay, I, I kind of feel the way about this, but when you start, you know, like. Putting together LLCs and nonprofits, and you know, you start calling up prisons. Cold. Oh, I'm trying to get into I mean, your background. Like, I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. i trying to understand. Like, like th- yeah. that came from something. Like, is it was it, is is yeah. was there somebody in the family that you knew was in this situation that 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 had them incarcerated? Or you know, were your parents really into activism? Like, how did this happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, I don't have a connection personally to incarceration, which is rare. I think, to start something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes from a lot of different things though. I think my parents were always very like, do you, be you, like we support you. Um, and yeah, my like my mom loved the arts and took us to all the arts things in my town. My dad is somewhat of like an entrepreneur at heart. Like he's a juggler and a magician and he's a teacher. and so I feel like I do get some of those, like, performance qualities from oh, my parents. Get all the quirks then, from that. <laughs> yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's what the quirkiness comes. Okay. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it feels normal to me, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, fine. It's, not it's everyone's all good. dad is like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I, my mom's a social worker. So I think that helping mm. people kind of thing came through that. But that was all subconscious. Mm-hmm. I've only really realized that recently. hmm I think some of my sense of social justice came from um, being biracial and black in a small white majority white town in Texas. Mm -hmm. I think from a young age, I always felt like, why are people treating that person differently? And yeah, it just like kind of bothered me and seeing it within my own family and like how people can look different, but all still be cool, Mm -hmm. I think. I kind of drew. I mean, that's a simplistic way of saying it, but I think I drew on that. I'm a middle child. I feel like i was super into. Oh, shout out to middle children! Being heard.
2: Yeah, Woo-hoo! yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I think some of all of that kind of came together, and then I think I would shout out my dad for. I don't really know how to say it, but he was always just like, "Okay, just do it. Like, just make it happen. Like, don't give up." And I think like we'd have juggling camp every summer Mm -hmm. and like you'd try to juggle and you mess up and you'd be like, all right, that's okay. Keep going. Keep try try again. Um, or if you got it right, you'd be like, awesome. Okay. Now can you do it more times? And so I feel like that mentality I took on. So like when I was like, I want to create this program, I think a lot of people would be like, Oh, but I don't know how to do that and would stop there. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, okay, how do I do it? What's this one step I need to know? Mm -hmm. And, I think people think that I knew everything or was like extra brave or something, but no, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know if you could just email a prison. Um, there's a power but just in that. You take it step by step.
0: Yeah, there's a power okay. in that. We're we're gonna get into that in a second. Um No, no, no. That that's real. That there, there's a power in that. I'm gonna I'm explain. I'm, I'm explain why why I'm saying that, or whatever, and see if you concur. Um, but I'm gonna try to like now after making potentially problematic statement. I'm going to back it up with something else to make it less. So if it was indeed problematic.
1: I'm also not embarrassed by my age. I can just tell you. Oh, okay.
0: Sure, sure, (laughs) sure, sure, sure.
1: I currently, I just turned 31. Okay. So I started thinking about this at 25 Mm -hmm. and started the program at 27.
0: Okay. The the reason why I was asking that question in part um, uh, is... When you first step into that prison, what was the reaction initially that you perceived from the people that you were going there to work with? Because to me, it's like, you know, what I'm saying it's it's like you know, yeah, like I'm I'm guessing that some people kind of like, oh, what is, what is she doing here? You know, like was did yeah. you get did you get that sense, or am I just like out of pocket? Is my own problematic statement number two?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, so many people. We're like, I don't want you to go into this prison or like, what are you doing? Cause I, we work primarily with men right now. Although we just started working at a women's prison. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I don't know. I, I feel like I like, I just try to approach people as people. So I didn't notice a huge like emotion any certain type of way. I do think it's rare to see young women in a men's prison. So they're like, oh, okay. Got Mm -hmm. some new people. I've since heard actually one of my guys from inside has been released and he's still working with us Mm as a returning citizen. I heard him say in an interview recently that he was like, I could tell they were all scared. And I thought that was really interesting because I didn't feel that scared.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Although it was unique. I hadn't seen the inside of a prison. It was more like shocking to be surrounded by like 40 men because that never happens in real life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, oh, oh like <laughs> so many men at once. Um, so, but I, I like to think of that statement he, that he made, because I was like, all right, well, I don't want people to feel like I'm scared when I see them. So I think it's important to internalize. But I don't think I felt that scared, or and I don't think I got too many weird reactions. Okay. I mean, I did hear at the end of the course like we gave them like a little feedback survey and a lot of people wrote on it like you know I wasn't so sure about theater at first or I wasn't sure about you guys but then like you taught you treated us with humanity like and respect and that just like won me over so then I was willing to go with it and just try and I think I, I mean that is the most important thing to me and I'm like wow okay that's that was me just being me and mm-hmm. that was the result. So I feel really proud of that, that like they don't have to like me the first five minutes they meet me, but that like my actions lead them to feeling comfortable I mm. like that.
0: I can imagine that's gotta be like, kind of like, that's gotta be baked into the pudding, so to speak. Cause at the end of the day, I, I feel like, I feel like so much humanity is stripped from individuals who have been put in, you know, prison. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. uh, and and honestly, like the, the, I'm going to, you know, (laughs) based upon this conversation, I'm like, like, there, there are some people that I, unfortunately, I think need to be like, like put away from a lot of other people. Cause yeah, but I feel like there's a, Vast majority of people, and some of these people need mental health services that they were never diagnosed properly, you know, and uh, some of these people uh, need um, services in terms of, like, uh, drug counseling and rehabilitation. Uh, a lot of folks needed just opportunities, and instead they got put in a system that was designed to cyclically put them into prison and, and to keep them in prison. Yeah. And it's just, I think the system in and of itself was archaic and barbaric. So I think... It's it's almost like because is what you're doing is still a form of teaching. So I think in my way that I'm relating what you're saying, relating to what you're saying, rather is that my experience in being a teacher is the kids can tell when when you're sincere and genuine with what you're doing. If, if they don't feel like you're really there, you know and I'm saying they're not checking for you, but they mm-hmm. saw that you were there, and like you know when you see somebody. It's, it's harder for, it's easier, rather, for them to, you know, to open up and, you know, to, to, to be open to a process. So that's dope that, yeah. you know, we're able to see that, especially in the early goings. I, I would imagine that, like, you know, you're learning. So, you know, you have to figure things out as you're going. Everything is trial and error when, you, when you're figuring out something that you haven't done before. And especially when there's oh, yeah. nobody there to show you the ropes, which goes into the oh, whole yeah. ignorance. There's power in ignorance sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. a a younger version of myself would, would, you know, have an idea, like, I want to do this. And in my mind, I would literally just map it out like, okay, and I would just take off and just start doing stuff and figure it out along the way. Um, as you get older, you tend to, not you necessarily, a lot of people tend to be less willing to do that thing, to to be able to just like, you know, see something and say, this is what I want to do and start going to do it. You know, so it's like, you know, that 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 without having any consideration of like you might fail that like when I had an idea, I never thought like like I might fail. I might hit my head a lot of times now, it might have happened, but that wasn't something that was a thing for me. So I, I imagine for you um, going in there, not knowing is just like, OK, well, like I'm going to try this. Oh, Well, that didn't work. Well, maybe I'll try this. That does work. So you're you're five years in now
1: uh of the idea okay we're on our third year of programming okay um but yes and i think that's part of it and some of it is also like an artist mindset maybe Mm. of like like i'm also an actor and i'm like i fail all the time you audition and you don't make it and you keep trying um and i think just hearing from my friends of similar ages like a lot of them are like oh i want to be an artist but that's not what society says is normal and so then they just never do it and i'm like yeah it's going to be different but like you can make it happen so i do think there is like some other feature besides age oh yeah that you
2: can embrace oh yeah yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah
1: that pushes forward
0: yeah I, I just think there's there's something you know there's something to do with the power of youth though that, that gives you that just oh, yeah. that extra battery in your back uh oh, for sure. as, as you get older you' just like you get more comfortable it's it's easier to get comfortable and complacent yeah uh' and not willing to try new things um so I'm gonna sidestep real quick so uh i, I listened to a, an interview of you with with Kajo char I wanna make sure I'm not getting mm-hmm. the name wrong um yes. I, I listened to the interview and in said interview you said that you're a dancer
2: yes. Okay.
0: All right. So I'm 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 curious. Are you like a trained dancer? Like are you like talking about like you on point? Or are you just like how 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 does what is this dancing? How do you classify your dancer? Yeah, well uh
1: so that one's hard for me to answer because my sister actually is a professional dancer, like a ballerina. So compare the than I'm you? like no no no. Yeah, she's older. We than don't
0: me. we don't worry about the older kids, older siblings. Go ahead. It's, it's okay. Say what you gotta say. No, no
1: no she's, she's my idol so. oh, okay would... but so i feel like anytime i'm like oh am i a dancer i'm like no <laughs> not a dancer uh-huh. uh compared to the general population though like yes i did have dance training and i was three
2: mm-hmm. so
1: like the ballet jazz tap um and then in college i kind of explored with like i don't know i'm trying to think like shag dancing and what swing that? dancing what is, what is that it's like similar to swing but wasn't I don't even remember now but okay. it's like a partner dance
0: it has nothing to do with last um, hours so okay just checking
1: yeah
2: okay you think but <laughs> Yeah, no. baby um
1: and then I really got into hip hop so mm. I I yeah I love hip hop I think now I am a good mover mm. and so like if I'm in a play like you can teach me some choreography I'll get it down mm. but I will also say I recently was like learning a dance, a TikTok dance with my siblings. And I realized, wow, I feel much older. <laughs> I'm not as good at picking these things up now. So you asked me a complicated time. Am I a dancer or not? I'm going <laughs> to still say yes.
0: No, but... that, that claim, claim, claim your glory. It's all good. Look, look, all I got is a mean two-step. That's it. I got some <laughs> rhythm and I can give you two-step like 15 to 20 different ways. How you want it? I don't know. You know and I'm saying, get the little okay, delay. Yes, I'm a dancer. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all okay, I
1: got. Compared I'm a dancer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. It's cool. So I, I just, I just want, I just wanted to know that because it's like there, there's, there are these different layers. Like you, you do very serious work, and this is not, to my understanding, this is not your full time job. Am I correcting that? This, this is a passion it project.
1: actually is. Oh, it is. No, I have made it my full time job.
0: Word. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I mean, COVID has really helped that become That's possible. Right. Yeah. Um because I mean it was still like my main focus but I had to do all the side gigs to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um I tried everything nanny, food delivery, like all the side things. Um but yeah, I feel like covid has allowed me the time to like really focus on it, build up the systems, like apply to more grants. So How's that it affecting you in COVID? COVID?
0: Like, because, like, like prisons. I, I heard like prisons, nursing homes, a couple other like populations have been getting hit especially hard. So how does how does oh, that yeah. affecting you like with with COVID?
1: Oh yeah, so programmatically terrible. Yeah, I'm I'm not able to go into the prisons. Our participants are on lockdown. Like, yeah, that it's not a good situation. COVID is running rampant in prisons. Um, But what I mean, I guess, in a positive sense, is like it's given me time to like not have to focus on like programming and teaching and all that stuff. I can really focus on like, all right, let's make a budget for this. What do I need for this? What's my hiring plan? And like build up those structural systems so that we can become sustainable in the long run. And then programming with our return citizens at the beginning of this was tough. We just kind of canceled some projects that we had coming Then we played around with some virtual creating, which was awesome for the process, but like tough to come up with a product Mm -hmm. Um, because once you're filming something, you're competing with film, but we are not film, like we're theater. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of tough. But then we actually just completed a virtual performance on December 12th. So we have that link up on our Facebook, a little shout out.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, We're going to do all the plugs at the end. Yeah, get cool, all get cool. get them all in.
1: Um, but yeah, so we tried something new for that, and it was like a mixture of some performances and like panel question and answer type of vibe, and that has been awesome. Um, so that's how we're kind of staying in touch with our return citizens, making them still feel like they have a voice um, that can be heard. And then with this women's prison I mentioned earlier, we're doing distance learning packets, so. I'm like translating theater onto the page, and mm-hmm. then we're mailing it in. They're kind of doing the theater stuff on their own, and we're, I'm collaborating with four other artists. So there's lots of different art mediums in there, and they're gonna mail it back. We give them feedback on their work. Um, so that's also been a new, cool way that we're trying to engage the people Adapted. inside.
2: Adapting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, that, so yeah, I can't say it's like like perfect and everything's the same. But it's also like pushed us to change adapt, which is like the role of the arts anyway so mm-hmm. and I, I mean,
0: he, he, like like nature like you got adapter, you know you won't make it, yeah,
1: yes, <laughs> for sure
0: <laughs> yeah so uh I, there's a there's a part of me you know that you know i i, I watch a lot of movies a lot of a lot of like a lot of comedies, a lot of not so good movies like people call them <laughs> hood movies. But there's a part of me that like, you know, envisions like the most gangster dude in the world, like learning Othello, like to be not well, that's Hamlet, to be or not to be. But, Mm -hmm. you know, learning like Shakespeare or something like that or whatever. But on the other side, you know, while on on, on the one side and like, you know, there's a funny way to approach that on another side is profound. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many things you could learn about. Like history, culture, yourself through the arts, I could say this as somebody who learned, uh, you know, I went to school in undergrad for arts and stuff like that um, and have been somehow connected to art my entire life. Um, So I feel that personally. But, you know, is there an initial pushback from some of the participants in the program? Uh, or, or, you know, people just like, like now that your program has been around for a while, people know what it is. It's not like new. There's probably word of mouth, like, yo, this program is pretty dope. You want to get in it? Like, what is, what is the vibe like?
1: Yeah. I think it's a mix of those things. So, um, yeah, I mean, our program is different that they're writing and, uh, performing their own stories. Mm-hmm. So some of that initial, like, Oh, I don't do theater kind of goes away the moment i'm like tell a story okay you just did theater (laughs) like that's what we're doing Mm -hmm. um i think we always had a few people who were like i'm not as into this but i found it easier to work with our guys than like some of the youth i've worked with in the past because i feel like youth want to tell you they're like i'm not doing this this is dumb I i hate this whereas these guys were super respectful they were like i just appreciate that you're coming and doing something, even if I don't prefer to do it. So they would just like hang back a little bit. But with all of our activities, I try to structure them in a way where there's different ways to participate. So even if you're not standing up there, you're still watching and giving feedback. And like a lot of what we do includes conversation. And so they can be in on the conversation part. And so I, I found like most people were down to participate in some way. Um, yeah. After our first session, it did go, I think word of mouth. A lot of people were like, is it too late? Can I be in the play? Can I do this? And I was like, yeah, the play is like tomorrow. So it is too late. Sorry. But it was good to like have that feedback, you know, that people really did want to be involved and tell their own story and like feel heard in that way. So I think you'll always get some people who it's not their thing, but we didn't get a ton of people who were like, this is the worst. <laughs> Just like, That's not a thing. And I'm comfortable with that.
0: So uh, if I recall correctly, because I, I listened to a couple of things. I also, I listened. I am so apologetic right now. I can't remember the, um, the gentleman's name, but I listened to, uh, uh, he, he's a returned citizen. He works with you still. Mm-hmm. He also did a, an interview with the same um, um, individual, um, um, Cardo, uh Char. Yeah um was that
1: ronald
0: or maurice i think it might have been maurice One of those two? he was somebody those he's, he's talking about somebody um like uh, he had like uh, an officer like he was on probation there's an officer was oh, trying to he's hit... talking about
1: David?
0: okay okay
1: sorry we have so many interviews so yeah and, uh, the,
0: no, no no like, <laughs> like the, the light flex we have so many interviews it's like it's hard to keep up with them but that yeah okay yeah that's David. what's up i like it like that like <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a good problem to have. So, um, yeah, can you can you go a little bit into because I, I understand that there is a process like like, you know, like you know, like a program for people wanting to basically uh, navigate a pathway to getting out and like your program as a part of that. It's a part of a larger body of things that people um, get into and yours is like a mandatory component. Is it not?
1: So in the prison we were at, it was mandatory mm-hmm. for people who were in the reentry program already. Okay. We were like one of their courses mm-hmm. um, and that was kind of like nice for us because like we had attendance, we didn't have to like find people or have people drop off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but that's not the case in every prison. Okay. You can just sign up, show up or not. Um, so it'll be interesting as we continue and work in more and more different prisons, kind mm-hmm. of figuring that out. Um, upon reentry, I view our role as like like there's so many important things that need to happen on the physical side, like housing and jobs and healthcare and um, everything that kind of goes into reentering society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's incredibly important. But, what our role is like focusing more on the human and the emotional side of mm-hmm. reentry. Um, so, yeah, we I, I view us as like a, a smaller component as a whole in that way of like we can't necessarily offer all those services for the physical, but we can help you feel human, um, have a story, have a community to be a part of, family. Um, we do pay our return citizens, um, for their work with us. So eventually, hopefully that will get bigger and bigger too. Like maybe we can support somebody like full time and yeah, I think we all like kind of work together to make reentry a better path.
0: But there, there is something to be said in, in what you're saying in terms like you don't offer all those services, but there are people who do. And maybe there's a partnership out there that, you know, or, you know, collectivization that can happen uh, where these, these things could kind of be bundled in and say, okay, like, if you, if you want to get into this whole thing like, we have a way that we can help you get here. And that will probably be an initiative that started off small, starts off small and grows too.
1: Yeah. And I think right now it's like, I know of a lot of those organizations. And so like the nonprofit world can be kind of competitive, but, I'm like, hey, why don't you try this organization? <laughs> I know they can help you with this, this, and this. Um, it's not, it's, yeah, everyone's gonna need something different. So it's not about like, now you need to be with mine. But yeah, we can all work together to kind of offer all those services. I think partnerships, great idea, or just telling them about it.
0: Okay, so something else. And listening to some material, because I, I couldn't come here, you know, unprepared. <laughs> and, and talking with you, I, I couldn't come here unprepared. I had to make sure that I I, I was informed. Uh, like, because like, yeah, you're doing big things. I don't want to come here like, you know, just like just whatever, whatever. Um, what I noticed and was impressive to me is um, you have... Um, language that's, and maybe this is also a credit to your generation. So um, you have language that's very intentional. It sounds organic the way you say things, but, you know, and I understand some of it is like, you know, jargon that has been, you know, it, it's, it's accepted or it's jargon that's out there. Right. And and most of it is, but it's like it's we have a we have an awareness to use certain ways of speaking and referring to things. Um, it's like you can say Central Park five or you can say exonerated five, right? So for you, I noticed that you know, theater of the oppressed, returned citizens, you're very intentional about your language. Um it was this something that just like, you know, as you you learned more about it like in terms of research or was it the interaction or combination thereof that helped you to like you know get this language the way it is now because i mean and i think it's important that you like you know if you want to give some of it to the, the listeners feel free to do that and why it's important to you
1: yeah i mean i'm glad that comes across um that i'm intentional i think one of the biggest ones is just being people first um or using people first language. So instead of saying like, uh, I can't even think of an example now, instead of saying that incarcerated man, you say a man who is incarcerated, like make them a person first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that that's beyond um, prison, that's used in the medical world and everything. But I think that's where it first started. I think with returned citizen, Honestly, there, I mean, that's what I've heard my participants say. So I'm like, yeah, I will use that term. But I also know there are more terms out there now. Um, and I've heard different people kind of prefer different ones. So I think it's like, honestly, just as long as you're approaching it, people first, that's good. But then you also need to continue to learn and ask people what they want to be called because there isn't like just one answer. Mm-hmm um i'm trying to think of some of the other ones i mean I, I i do know from like one of our scripts that our guys wrote like felon i don't really like using that word at all they're like i am a person i'm not a felon
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so if you need to reference that like you know you can be like he has a felony charge on his record or he was charged with a felony instead of like identifying him with that label, yeah.
0: So um, I have um, my my sister in law is a mental health professional, uh, uh, and one of the things I, I would I, w- I would I would say, you know, I'll say, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, I'm OCD, obsessive compulsive mm-hmm. disorder. I, I have things that I'm you know obsessively compulsive about, um, and you said, no, like that's that's the the disorder. You're not your disorder. Or you're not, mm-hmm. you know, a disorder. So Obsessive compulsive behavior. You have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, you know, it's, it's like you, you can say slaves or you can say enslaved peoples. Because when you say slaves, you're, you're taking away their humanity, off rip. And it, it's kind of yeah. like, it, it, it's, it's, it's crazy how language that we use every day can be insidious in that way if we're not careful that it can strip away humanity and can, and can take away because like when you see the other side of, uh, this is, I don't know why this popped in my head. I'm just going to run with it. Um, I happen to be watching this, um this video footage where there was, I want to say like some pro-Trump, MAGA type stuff where they were like on their soapboxes or whatever, yada, yada, yada. And there was a Black Lives Matter group that asked to speak and they were allowed to speak at, the, at, at at this at this rally or whatever and express their concerns with regard to I want to say Eric Garner and it's just like one of those things like you know when you're saying like okay these are our concerns you hear somebody yelling he is a criminal blah 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 but like that's the narrative that's used or whatever it's like you know like like criminal like you know did you, was there criminal behavior or something that was like labeled as criminal but like when you get past that you know what I'm saying? You get past that, like, like, like. Do one wasn't doing anything illegal that day, one. But two, like, we all have seen somebody like bum a cigarette before. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, you know how black folks are, man. We make a dollar out of out of nothing. You know what I'm saying, like, okay, you want a cigarette? I sell you a loose cigarette. Is that really
1: criminal? <laughs> Is that, is well, that, and even if it is like why are you all of a sudden not a human now I, exactly like, what, exactly it? but Terrible
0: see or it, it, but see it's like when it's, it's that veneer that's hard to get past though so when you say something like criminal that's like full stop like okay i don't i don't mm-hmm. need to know anything else you know what i'm saying yeah and like you know unless you get to like a dylan roof or whatever and then it's like oh well like he's like or like a brock uh what's the dude i can't remember the 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 uh, the, the ucla swimming dude oh mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah i don't,
2: I don't yeah, remember his name. brock some yeah.
0: brock turner i think um mm, that great uh yeah when you get to that or whatever it's like oh like he has a whole future it's, it, and so it's like the psychology that we have to combat like even more so as peoples of color oh yeah you know what i mean so yeah. it behooves us in particular to be mindful of how this language is being used because it's been weaponized against us anyway you know what i mean so like oh, yeah. um from it, it's it's as something as simple as saying Muhammad Ali didn't want to be called Cassius Clay anymore and how people like refuse to acknowledge them like, yo, like I want to call myself this. What is the problem? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like, you know, yeah. so it's, it's one of those things like, you know, like learning something that I'm still like adjusting to. I'm still adjusting to pronouns. I have no problem with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still adjusting to them. Like, okay, well. I just got to remember that. Yeah. Okay. The, because like the way I've been wired is just different. So I'm like, and this is why I said credit to your generation. Cause y'all, y'all picking it up way faster than my generation is. By I mean, large.
1: we're trying. By and large. I By mean, and large. So that, that reminds me of another one that's super important to me is, uh, I think I even misspoke earlier in this interview, but I really try to never say like, I give people who are in prison a voice. hmm or like anything like that, because I'm like, no, they already have a voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's platform. I'm amplifying their voice. Mm-hmm. I'm giving them a platform. Mm-hmm. Like anything around that, I, I try to lean towards. Sometimes I think grammatically in the sentence, I have to like mm-hmm. maneuver to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I, earlier, I think I said something more similar to that. And I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. Um, but yeah, I think it's super important because it seems like a small detail but again like i'm not there giving them anything like they already have it all Mm -hmm. i just have like the theater technique to help them share it
0: but see that right there what you just did like you know like i i like you're you're coming to me and you have this 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 entity that's going into you know you're doing something that most people wouldn't care to do or even think to do you know what I mean? And that you were like, you were sensitive to go back and say, like, I said this thing, like, bop, bop, bop. It's almost like vanilla ice is like, you know, like it says, dun, 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 dun. Oh, I don't know if you saw that clip. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was so minute, but it mattered. And you felt yeah. the need to correct that type of detail or attention de- to, to detail is what is going to allow you to succeed in things. So, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, don't, don't, don't do it too much where like you know you're beating yourself up allow yourself some grace you know what i'm saying that's something i'm oh, learning yeah. for myself is actually to give myself some grace because we can be oh, harder right. on ourselves than anybody else out there so yeah
1: i think i think that goes back to something you said earlier about like as long as you're trying and like people can see that you're being real i think mm-hmm. that's enough um because yeah no one's gonna get it right 100 of the time just show that you're like caring about it same with the pronouns, I and mean, that's been my perception in that world as well.
2: Okay.
0: How do you how do you this 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 I like I I, I don't know if you saw me just shift a little bit. I was like <laughs> as an artist, one of the toughest things to take is critique sometimes. It's it's mm-hmm. not easy to like, you know, pour yourself into something. And then know that somebody can come in and have commentary for it and see something that you didn't see in a way that's not like, oh, dang, I missed that. Oh, that's not what I intended. How do you how do you how do you how do you push back to help these 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 uh these men and these women uh, grow in this art so they can better learn how to hopefully express themselves? How do you how do you how do you? What is your methodology? Do you have a set methodology or do you use a bunch of techniques?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think I almost approach this work as not an art. <laughs> that sounds bad, but I, I feel like I really focus on the, like, be you. Just be you. You can't mess it up if you're just being you. Um And I don't think I even noticed I did that until some of our first few performances where I hadn't even like told them to wear a certain thing. And then they're like, should we, should we wear like a certain color? And then I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, if you want, but just wear something that makes you feel like you. (laughs) And so that made me like really realize that my approach is very like realistic. And just like, there's, I don't want it to be like fake and like performative, like, this be you. Um, I have in the past few performances hired a director though to help make it more artistic because I was like, it seems like a lot of the guys I'm working with want want to like do more theater and want to be um, more theatrical and presentational. And so I think that's done wonders for their work where uh, our director, it's been Allison up until now she, uh, like she'll like play around with just their blocking like where they're sitting. And so it's like not a huge shift, but all of a sudden you have this stage picture that like kind of represents what they're saying. And I think that's been cool. But again, in terms of like them and their their art, it's, it's more about like, hey, we can't hear you. Hey, make sure you're facing the audience when you say stuff like this. But beyond that, like we, we have some natural stars. i haven't had to say that much at all and it just like shines through Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's because of the type of work if like we did just happen like it's self-selecting so people who want to work with us like already kind of have a little bit of a performative flair or what but like one of our guys after the show i had some improv friends come and they were like did he take improv classes he should take improv classes if not because there's a lot of improv in our show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he just like blew it out of the water. He was like so funny and hilarious and like, yeah. So I, I it's kind of like a long answer to say, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what's needed
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what will be needed in the future. But right now I feel like it's just being supportive and helping them with like the most basic techniques of being heard. And that
2: seems to be enough. Okay, word.
0: All right. So I'm going to ask you another question. I I can imagine, and again, I could be off base because I have a very like wild imagination. Um, this is not the most wild thing that I can think of, but I can imagine that at times it can be difficult to do what you do. Like, uh, like you know, I, I can imagine there can be times where it can be like, you know, to see, like, even even when you're like, you know you're making a difference and you can see like the light in somebody's eyes, like, okay, you can see like, you know, I, I, I know how that is when you make a connection, you see something, somebody like, ah, you see it. Maybe they don't even know it yet, but you see it. But, I can imagine it can be frustrating at times. How do you renew yourself how do you how do you how do you keep yourself from getting worn down because i know anytime anything involving the the, the craft of education um if you're not careful you, you can wear yourself out and you can just be going through the motions so how do you renew yourself
1: good question i'm not sure i'm great at it i, I mean i do think it can be frustrating to put together these performances. You're dealing with a lot of other life things going on in their lives that then they're like, Oh, just kidding. I can't come to rehearsal right now. And you're like, "Ah." like, ah, how are we going to do this? But honestly, I do feel like my guys bring me so much joy, like to see the impact and see how proud they are of sharing their work. Like that does refuel me. I think this, year was actually the first year though where I hit a moment where yeah I like didn't know what to do I didn't know how to refuel myself and that was like the realization like one of my participants like went through some sort of mental break completely I think I think there were some diagnoses involved but I wasn't in on all the things so I'm not going to speculate but it was so hard because I was like being fed a lot of fake information. And I didn't know what to believe and I thought he was hurt and then I thought he was fine. And then it was like really confusing. And I think that was the first time where I was like, wow, I'm worn out and I, I, don't, I don't have all the resources to like help in this way because we we're not like a social service organization. We don't have social workers and psychiatrists, et cetera. So, what I'm trying to do is like, I'm pretty good at like stepping away when I need to and just being like, all right, I'm not working this weekend or this night or whatever. I think that's one way. That's like small, but also I find a lot of people find that hard to do. Yeah. Um, A lot of people are like, wow, it's so great that you didn't answer your email at all this weekend. And I'm like, why would I answer email this weekend? (laughs) So, I think that's one one way I, Try to keep like a work-life balance. Um, I think, I mean, I have my own passions. I like to read. I love stories. So like movies, TV. I've actually really loved this new generation of like having Netflix and all that stuff. A lot of people try to not binge watch, but I'm like, I really like stories and I learn from them. So I enjoy it. Um, I have a puppy. I feel okay. like he's taught me a lot. Of like He has no idea what's going on in the world. He's just happy all the time. He just wants to like be with me. I so feel like just like taking him outside is a good way to kind of recenter and be like, oh, yeah. Like not everything's terrible. You can reset.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good perspective to yeah. have because you can like, you know, it's it's it when you're when you're looking at something you're working towards something sometimes that it can it can it can become a bit much in a, in a moment if you're not careful so I'm glad to hear that you got yeah. some some mechanisms in place so
1: yeah and well and that, that's like my covid approach too it's mm-hmm. like hard to kind of think back to times before when you could just like go out and do something like with friends or something like that but that does remind me that I do feel like fueling your own art is also important. Like when you're teaching art, it can start to feel like you're always helping other people create, but then you never get to create on your own. So we'll, I I try to like audition for things occasionally as much time as I have to balance, um, or just like create something on my own. And that's another really good way.
0: Okay. So we're going to, we're going to, Depart from Voices Unbard. Thank you so much for, for uh, giving me all the information. And uh, just very quickly, we can do this right now. We'll, we can reiterate at the then. Like, if people want to learn more about what you're doing with Voices Unbarred, tell them where to go.
1: They should definitely go to our website at voicesumbard.org. And they should go to our Facebook or Instagram. Our Instagram is at Voices underscore Unbarred. And our Facebook is at Voices Unbarred. We have a Twitter handle, but we don't use it yet. We're going to get there. Okay. But that's a voice of the bar if somebody wants to follow us posting nothing. Oh,
0: no, they can follow early. <laughs> it's cool.
1: Yeah, they can be one of our first followers.
0: I've, I've got like um, 12 posts on Instagram or something, maybe like 25 <laughs> on Instagram. And somehow I have more followers than I have on Flashback. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe, I suck hey. at social
0: media, though. So that, that that's also that's also that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's why I'm like Twitter. Yeah. Personally, I don't use it, so it's hard for me to use it for Voices Unbarred. But we're going to get there.
0: Oh, yeah. And Speaking into existence.
1: Yeah. Those are the best places to look out for us. On our website, you can sign up for a newsletter if you want to get some monthly details from us. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: If
0: people want to get involved, can they also can people volunteer with Voices Unbarred if, they're, if they are so inclined and interested?
1: Yes. They can reach out. I think at this point right now, we're like Like, they can't come into the prison with us. And Mm -hmm. so we do always need volunteers, but there's not, like, a consistent, like, oh, yeah, you could just plug in here. So if you're really interested, you can use our contact form on our website, reach out, tell me what you're good at, what you're interested in, um, and we can try to figure something out. But right now there's not, like, just a every Saturday come do this type of thing.
2: Okay.
0: We're going to get there, too.
1: Yeah, one day.
0: All right. So... Three shows. Give me three shows you're watching right now that you that you just you totally love, and give me one that you're like, ah, eh, I could have done without that.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Well, the first one to come to mind because I just finished it last night is Evil. Okay. So nothing about that show looked like it was going to be for me. It kept advertising it to me, and I was like, nope, I'm not going to watch it. Then I started watching it, and I became obsessed.
0: Like, is this the one uh the dude who played luke cage in it
1: yeah yeah, yeah
0: I, I put that on my <laughs> watch list because that this looks kind of corny but i'm interested like i don't know why i'm interested but i think i want to look into this
1: yeah well i just normally don't love horror like paranormal stuff mm. and i really am not into like exorcism oh i didn't know i had all that horror. in it. okay yeah okay. And so i was just like what like they made it look like it's about religion and whatever okay. but what i ended up really loving about it is that mixture of it they're kind of always asking the question of like is science real or religion real and i felt like they did a pretty good job of always kind of landing in the middle of like both can be true why do you have to decide so that kind of resonated with me there were other things like about the show that i was like what but mostly i just i felt like it was a really great binge watch but okay. kind of scary a little okay. too scary for me but uh-huh. i loved it all right, um, what else am I watching? Because I became so obsessed with that. I mean, I just finished Schitt's Creek. I love that show. I have
0: not I watched that definitely. show. I know I won a ton of Emmys, just uh this pet this yeah. year
1: So well, it's so funny, but then also like like I just love their family and like togetherness, and it kind of nothing about their family reminds me of my family, but like just that love and like wanting to be together. I like that kind of vibe. Um, I swear I just watched some really good shows, but can I remember them?
0: That's no pressure. No, That's no pressure. I need one more. Maybe I did it. Like, yeah. uh, give me five things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like I need to like open up my Netflix queue and like actually look.
0: Okay. No problem. So, improv like what 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 got you into improv and what kept you in improv?
1: Well, improv is always like a small piece of theater. You always like do like improv warm-ups and it can help you in rehearsals. So, I felt like I'd always known improv and I've also always really liked comedy. And so I don't know, every when I moved to DC and I like heard there was like an improv theater here. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool, but like, I already know improv and I didn't ever want to do it. Mm-hmm. And then one year I was kind of like, I was going to therapy actually. And I was like thinking a lot about vulnerability and how to be more vulnerable. And like improv kept coming back that I was like, that would be a really great way to like stop judging yourself and like try bigger choices, etc. And so that kind of started pushing me there and then to be really honest, it was also like, I wanna make more friends who are like, yes and type of people. If you're just like, hey, let's like make a random video. I feel like a lot of my friends are introverted and are like, yeah, that would be cool. And then we don't do it. So I was like, let me try for that. Um, and so then, yeah, I asked for it for a Christmas gift one year because also it was kind of pricey as an artist. I was like, I can't afford that. Um, but getting in that first class, I had a ton of fun. I met a lot of people and like you're kind of instant friends in improv. And
2: yeah.
1: then I found out they had the diversity scholarship. And so then I was like, well, yeah. I mean, no, they don't. They don't have a diversity <laughs> scholarship.
0: <laughs> nah, that's, that's, yeah, that's big. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then that kept me physically, but also like having a lot of fun. I kept thinking like, okay, I don't need to do another one. And then I just kept doing it. And then I was like, I'm not gonna try out for Harold Team. And then I did. <laughs> so it just sucks you in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm I actually wound up getting into improv. I had been hounding my 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 friend uh uh and also friends of this show, um, this uh this podcast, uh Slim Williams, for a year and a half mm-hmm. roughly to do inter- improv with me. And I finally like, look, man, like I'll I'll pay for your first class. I'll pay for your first class. Like if you don't like it, cool. But if you, if, if you want to do a second class, you just get me on that one and we'll, we'll do it that way. Yeah. And it's like, all right. Cause he's like, it's like, it's for him. It's like, he's like, he's, he's super busy. He's super, he's, he's doing better about making time for things he wants to do, but he's like, he works, uh, he works a shit ton of hours. Uh, uh, so he, he stays super busy. So then we did the class and then we just went straight through. We just did all five, like all five classes. It was really fun made a lot of people, made a lot of connections and friends and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I it, for me, I also wound up taking improv at a time where I was about to go through a lot of personal transitions. So mm-hmm. it actually was a good way to, like, channel. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on, and you can kind of, like, go into improv and kind of just let it go in a way. And that that was yeah. really that was really uh helpful for me so um uh it was it was well timed for me in terms of like you know yeah. that there's and there's a, such a it's it's so much to improv that you don't necessarily get until you do it but like th- yeah. th- there's a level of support because like improv requires like supporting the people you're on stage with it requires listening actively to what's happening and then finding ways that you can support somebody actively in what they're doing so there there is there is some huh
1: but then it's also fun. it's, it's
0: hella fun it's hella fun it's hella fun so like uh th- there's there's a lot to it um that you might not necessarily get like you know not may not understand why but i'm i'm super enthused that um like i didn't know until we did the cookout that there were so many like pocs specifically black folk mm-hmm. that were doing improv in this area, yeah, like mm-hmm. that was like super encouraging and inspiring, man. So shout out to Crystal and Jamal for that one because that was huge. So um, yeah, yeah that 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 was that was that was a great feeling, and also that was a great way to like you know plug in and you know find a different lane and and also like a way for me to like wind wind up meeting you. Yeah. So look at it's that <laughs> improv bringing people together.
1: Yes. Actually, I mean, I met my partner on my indie improv team. So okay. for real, it brings people together.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's what's up. So with that being said, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out. You know, because this is like, you know, like the, the listeners don't know, but like this this was this is a little while in the making and you were very patient and I appreciate it. And uh, you've been very, yeah, you've been so gracious and so awesome. And I hope that we'll have many more conversations. I hope this does not end our conversation. And also, if you think that there's a way that I can be helpful with my platform, please let me know. Do not be shy to reach out. You're now part of the family. Uh, and uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Ms. Lori Pitts, clap it up, clap it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. It was
1: awesome to be here. <laughs> a fun conversation. So thanks for having me.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed. So again, before you get out of here, do you want to like, is there anything else you want to like, you know, plug anybody on in terms of like things that you're doing personally or anything, any other shout outs you want to throw out there?
1: I mean, for me, I'm all focused on Voices and Bard. So replugging Voices in That's what's up. Also, a lot of our Guys, they own their own businesses. So I just want to shout them out. Like you've got a personal trainer. He just started, he co-founded Fit DC mm-hmm. and they're doing like free fitness classes all across DC. Um, we got Chef Reese. He owns a catering company. So that's uh, Reese's Catering
2: mm-hmm.
1: Company. <laughs> I don't know if the company's on there or not. Uh, oh, services, Reese's Catering Services. Uh, we got Ronald. He's a program manager at NARC here in the Streets, which is like working on gun violence stuff. He also started his own clothing line, Love Always Wins. He also started Finding Stars, which is like a mentoring program for Black youth. Um, we got David. He runs Article 730, which is all about mental health um, for the formerly incarcerated. And black youth. So that,
0: that's the one I heard on the Carjo char. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like that. That's David. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of people doing some really cool stuff. And so I encourage everyone to go check out their work as well because we got to support our return citizens. Um, and they're all doing such amazing things. So I feel honored to know them. Otherwise, though, I'm just, just enjoying life, slowing down due to the pandemic and trying to make the most of it and learn and grow and not doing projects to plug.
0: Well, allow me to plug myself, ladies and gentlemen. please <laughs> yes, do. This is www.flashblackradio. Again, I am DaVinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee the Third. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram, at Flash Black Radio. You can follow us on Twitter, at Flash Black Radio, and at Flash Black News. If you want to know what's happening with the world, like, U.S. economy, or the presidency, or whatever other type of shenanigans are going on, we try to like post daily um, throughout the week, and uh, sometimes on the weekends. But you know, gotta you know, I, mean, I told you I suck at social social media. It's also the website www.flashblackradio.com. Uh, where you can go back and listen to all the podcasts and see a couple, like, you know, op-ed pieces and whatnot. Um, but also, you know, if you don't want to go to the website to listen to the podcast, guess what? We're on Apple Music or a podcast now. Oh, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And many other places that you like to listen to your podcast, you can find us there. So... Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, as always, I wish you, like, love, peace. No, I don't know. That's not my thing. Uh, mine is just, like, stay blessed, stay woke, one. This podcast was created exclusively for Flash Black Radio, a subsidiary of Mdira LLC. This podcast was produced and edited by Lee Bennett Third, and... The super dope intro and outro music is provided by Willis Miles Jr. of OJ Miles Music. You can check him out on SoundCloud.